I always tell people that if they're going to practice yoga, and by yoga, I mean everything from therapy to pole dancing, you know, like whatever that person needs to help them in their reclaiming of their magnificence. For before people practice yoga or when people practice yoga, they have to have these three things intact. One is that they have to have a clear intention of what they're looking for. Like, and it doesn't have to be completely like mapped out because oftentimes they don't know, but at least a clear direction of where they're headed and what they're, what they're looking for. One, two, they have to have some degree of inner sensitivity so that they themselves know if that intention is getting fulfilled or not. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, discover our unique gifts, and make a lasting impact on the world by connecting with our souls. I'm sharing with you all the wisdom and tools I've been taught on meditation, mindfulness, yoga, business, and spirituality. I'll be having conversations with other creative entrepreneurs who have manifested outward success by doing inner work. Success comes from within. Let's go on this expansive journey together. Hello, welcome to the show. I am your hostess, Kelly Mason. If you are new around here, hi, welcome. Every Thursday I have on a guest and today is David Wagner. He is a creative mindset consultant. Isn't that interesting name for a title? We talked a little bit about that in the episode actually teacher, author, artist, and a father who has dedicated more than 30 years of his life to the path of selfless service. That's kind of hard to say spiritual awakening and radical self transformation. In this episode, we got into like, what does that mean to dedicate 30 years of your life to a path of selfless service and transformation and a little bit about his journey, um, through recovery from drugs and alcohol and finding his spiritual path. And I think the most important thing that we talked about in this episode is what is a spiritual path? How do you find one and how do you stay on it? Um, oftentimes we can get very confused about what that means these days because there's a lot of buzzwords. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of, um, provocativeness around the word spirituality, around the word spiritual path, the concept of it. And it can get a little bit uh, distracting from our ego to want to slip into this mindset that we have to be a certain way or do these certain things the right way to be a spiritual person. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you'll know that that's not really what I'm about <laughs> at all. And the journey of coming home to yourself and discovering your limitless nature of your soul is the purpose of understanding and unpacking spirituality. And um, I loved talking to David because he has explored many different aspects of spirituality and religion and um, connecting with yourself in different cultures and the way that it's done. 
and he's pretty well versed in, in things like the Bhagavad Gita and the Bible. And I find that very interesting because studying is one part of it, but embodying the teachings and living the teachings into your life is where the real richness comes because otherwise it's just a book. It's just a word. And, um, we talked a lot about how he's lived all over the world and has spent so much time of his training, um, with Indian wisdom traditions like yoga, bhakti, Vedanta, and Tantra. And the really cool thing, actually, we talked about in this episode, there's a lot of really, I had no idea where this conversation was going to go, to be honest. I'm like, I do not know what we're going to talk about, where this is going to go. And it really is a really rich conversation. And I hope you stay um, and hang out with us for a little while to listen because yoga is also another one of those things that people think I have to have this goal of getting my foot over my head or sitting in complete silence or letting go of my ego or killing my ego, all of these concepts that kind of get misconstrued around yoga. And we talked about how finding out what your dharma is and your purpose is and your love and your compassion, what you can pour that into is your yoga. Your sharing, your gifts is yoga. And I think that's really important to remember and to learn how to identify what that is. Um, as a teacher, he draws teachings from tradition and scripture and from his decades of personal transformation and experience, serving others to find their authentic path to deep happiness. Um, as a creative mindset consultant, David helps professional creatives from a vast array of fields realize their visions and create success doing what they love most. And I think that's what the world needs a little bit more of right now, right? Like there's so many people who are self-proclaimed spiritual teachers and they have all of this wisdom and they want to hoard it and share it. And I love that there are people like David out there who are using these lessons and teachings and learnings and infusing them into um, ways that people can use them and create that ripple effect to keep helping more people. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It was very interesting, very fun. I'm having so much fun doing these interviews and if you love it, take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram. I know that sounds the new age, but um, this podcast is free and we work really hard, me and my team, to create two episodes a week for you. And it really helps us to get the word out. If you like it, share it and send it to a friend. Maybe they'll like it too. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening and being here and spending your time with me and the people that I bring on. So have a wonderful day. Enjoy this episode with David Wagner. Welcome, David, to the Limitless Soul podcast. I am thrilled to have you here today. I'm so happy to be here. So you are a creative mindset consultant. I love that, that title. Very cool. Mm. Teacher, author, artist, father, as we were just chatting about our kids transitioning into this new world of, of schooling. <laughs> and you have had 30 plus years of selfless service, spiritual awakening, and radical self-transformation. Why don't you tell our listeners in a nutshell, um, maybe some of your favorite parts of your life right now, some of your, your most interesting things you're into, and a little bit about who you are. Yeah. Well, wow. When you read it like that, right from my um, my marketing materials, it sounds so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did a good job. <laughs> um, yeah, I 
you know, the 30 years, most of what that reflects is my journey from being a, a very unhappy kid. I grew up in Peoria, Illinois. Um, and I had parents that were both, you know, like alcoholics, you know, like kind of high end alcoholics, but, you know, pretty unavailable mm -hmm. um, kind of folks. And by the time I got to be a teenager, I was getting in a lot of trouble, doing a lot of drugs on a very self-destructive path. And um, it's a longer story, but I ended up getting sober. I ended up going to AA, you know, this is in the 1980s. And in getting sober in finding that world of recovery, I found my first spiritual path and developed my first spiritual connection and in a way discovered my calling, my vocation that I've been doing in different ways kind of since then of helping other people to be happier and more free, more creative, um, more well. And in doing that professionally, vocationally, part of the contract is that I'm doing that for myself as well. And so you can imagine starting off when I was 16, 17, coming up to now where I'm, I'm going on 50, um, there's a lot of life in there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's marriages and divorces and, you know, living in different places in the world and, and doing this work in lots of different uh, avenues and lots of different containers. Um, and meeting thousands and thousands, you know, by this time I've worked with thousands of people and have seen their transformations and their struggles. And, um, and here I am and, and still doing this now in, in the current moment, you know, facing the challenges that we're all in and still trying to help people and still trying to keep myself uh, well and free and happy too. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's, it's so interesting because we think about ourselves being children and even having children right now and being someone who's, who's sharing spiritual teachings and ancient wisdom as well. I look at my kids and I'm like, do they kind of think maybe I want to grow up and be a spiritual teacher? Or mm -hmm. like, you know, it's so funny when we think about that childhood um, concept of what are we going to be when we grow up? And what was your mindset like when you were like a little kid? Did you have like that thing where you're like, I want to be that when I grow up. And do you see it show up now at all? Oh, that's so funny. No. I mean, when I was, I think when I was little, I wanted to do mostly different kinds of violence for a profession. Like really? <laughs> I either wanted to be, I either wanted to be a soldier or, or mm -hmm. like a, a mercenary or I wanted to, and then it got a little bit more refined. I thought, well, maybe I can be in the FBI. And, you know, by the time I was in like seventh or eighth grade, then I guess, you know, when I think about it, then I was thinking, well, I want to be a broadcast journalist. Mm -hmm. I thought that that would be cool. 
Um, and so in a way, I'm sort of like closer to a broadcast journalist than I am like a soldier of fortune, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I ask that because I find it so interesting. And as I've observed myself, because when we have titles like creative mindset consultant or teacher, we identify as that kind of unpacking that going like, well, what am I doing to express that? Like, how am I bringing that to the world? Yeah. And I always wanted to be either a singer in a band I wanted to be an actress in movies. And when I realized that was really difficult to do and it didn't, it wasn't really like what I yeah. thought, I was like, oh, I guess I'll be a hairdresser. Um, but now looking back, I'm like, oh, as I'm sharing spiritual teachings and these lived experiences, I'm doing it through a, an expression of, you know, the written word or vocally or being yeah. seen on, on Zoom like this. Yeah. And those kind of things kind of appear in our lives. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, I think that's right. Yeah, and it's and it's funny because the only formal education really that I, I did go to college, but um, I studied fine art, mm. and I thought that I was going to be a fine artist and you know maybe like an art professor or something like that. At the time that I really discovered that this would be my professional vocation, and and then quit that, but that was you know, when I was 22 or something. Mm -hmm. And then during COVID, I have started doing visual art again also. So that's an, another interesting kind of like piece all the way around. Mm -hmm. But back at that time, you know, like what, what you were saying uh, about being a hairdresser, back at that time, it was sort of like, well, why do I want to be an artist? And I just found that I could fulfill all of those things except for making the art. Mm -hmm. by doing this work and you know even like being a, a hairdresser like the really good ones you know you're sort of like you're you're there for people you're mm -hmm. listening to people you're you're sort of like seeing you're helping them to express themselves more authentically more beautifully and and intimate you know it's a very intimate sort of thing my partner also was uh was a hair person See, you can be our, our spokesperson for the beauty industry <laughs> we are more than just cut hair cutters well it can it can't the good ones are for sure you will mean we're working with energy at the end of the day and definitely where all of this really jumped off for me when i started doing the podcast and started sharing this was my own experience and like you talked about um our lived experiences are where we draw these lessons from. And when I started to realize that, holy crap, I'm doing so much more than giving a haircut to this person, yeah. it matters how I'm showing up. It matters what my energy in that present moment is as to the end result of this person's experience. And so like you're saying, wow, I'm my, my goal here is to help other people, is to help others ex yeah. express their gifts. I have to do that in return for myself. And so that reciprocal energy exchange really became apparent. And um, I think we can probably infuse that into most any uh, career or job or um, thing that where we're sharing space with other people is, yep. wow, it, it, it matters how I'm showing up as to how the other person is going to feel. For sure. Sense. For sure. Yeah, if you go to a barber in India, a traditional barber, mm -hmm. uh, a man i actually don't even know what the deal is with women but when a man goes to to a traditional barber they don't just like cut your hair and shave you but they like they're like chiropractors they adjust your neck yeah. they give you a whole head massage 
and oftentimes they have like remedies and different oils with herbs that they're doing the head massage and they might even clean your ears and you know do all this kind of stuff it's not just a beauty industry thing but they're they are more like in the wellness industry traditionally Mm -hmm. um, than in the beauty industry there so interesting yeah it is and it's starting to emerge here and there's a, a bunch of us who have kind of turned ourselves on to this awareness and are, are starting to spread that using things like Reiki and their shampoo, um, using Oracle cards to set intention for your, yeah, yeah. your experience together. You know, there's all kinds of ways. Um, it's so cool. But yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's really interesting though, these titles that we give ourselves and, um, you know, can you bring us back to when you were an AA and then you discovered your first spiritual path? Like how, how did that kind of cross over? Because I know there's maybe even people who are listening who are like, I'm kind of going through something or I'm struggling. What does a spiritual yeah. path look like and how do I find one? Yeah. Yeah, well, if you think about it, like every human being has, we're born with this uh, spectrum uh, sometimes I call it a spectrum of magnificence mm -hmm. that a human being, unlike a wild animal, you know, like a wild animal has a very na narrow spectrum and, and they, you know, whether it's a grasshopper or a black Panther or whatever, they just live their glory as that thing mm -hmm. or an Oak tree more or less perfectly human beings. We have this spectrum of magnificence where, we can be magnificent. We usually have to put in effort to be magnificent. Or we can be really malignant and really horrible and, and really like toxic to everything and everyone around us, like on one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum, like we can be like super magnificent. It, but, you know, most people like fall somewhere there in the middle and don't even know that this spectrum is there. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing that I got jump started with, you know, get you know, being a drug addict and then getting sober was just this thing of like, well, I can either, you know, like here I am as someone who's just like so unhappy and so wasted and so, you know, like an outlaw and you know everything, and actually through in that case doing those things those steps and that work become someone who's really happy joyous and free and and of service to others mm -hmm. um that was my introduction why i say to the spiritual path it wasn't even when i'm saying that i'm not even necessarily talking about the spirit part or the god part it's just that i see the spiritual path as really being the path of human magnificence. Sometimes that's how I define yoga. Mm. Like not necessarily like physical yoga. Not the moves. Yeah, that could be a part of it. Mm. But that it's like, it's the path of owning and, and reclaiming and expressing our, our, our human magnificence. Mm. And so for some people that can be a real spiritual path, you know, like Christians can get saved and sanctified and all that. And people on the, you know, Eastern paths can get initiation and then practice and sort of attain different degrees of enlightenment or, you know, awakening. And 
but for anyone who even if they just they just go to marriage therapy, you know, like they have an affair and they wind up in marriage counseling and they realize, oh my God, I'm so self-absorbed and I don't think about anybody else's feelings. You know, I'm just, you know, piece of shit husband and I could be so much better. But in order to do that, I have to look at myself. Mm-hmm. That's a spiritual path. Mm. Yeah, you know? that's a great expression because sometimes we get really wrapped up in this logical intellectual concept our little human brains going well this needs to be the spiritual path i have to be banging on a drum i have to be in india i need to be i need to have a guru and it can be really um daunting if you're at that low place where you start realizing yourself and observing yourself and your your shadow and your programming and you're like well how am i going to fix this if i don't have that (laughs) How am I going to overcome that if I if I don't have all of these these things that I've seen as being spiritual? And gosh, it's such an important time I think right now for us to start to wake up to that. That we it's yeah. in it's in here. It's just having that conversation, like turning it around yeah. on yourself, yeah. and then the willingness, as you say, like wow, yeah. I am being a really crappy human. I'm aware yeah. of it, and I actually would not like to be a really crappy human. And, yeah. um, you know, that jumping off point is, is, is that, is that little road that you go down. And, in, in and in allowing for that spectrum, because then it gets us out of this idea of like, well, I'm no saint. So therefore I'm a piece of shit or like, I'm, you know, like, well, I'm not going to be compassionate like that. You know, this is how I am. Instead, when you see that spectrum, then you can see, well, what if you're just like 10% less selfish? That's worth it. Mm. You know, that's, that, that makes a <laughs> <Yeah>. huge difference. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's this great, great little quote um, of, uh, from a Rumi poem that says, if all you can do is crawl, start crawling. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that's the thing. It's like just even in this moment, you know, and people that are listening to this are probably already kind of tuned into like limitless soul consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just might be, especially during these times where, you know, we just get into these funks and, and we'll just get into this thing of like, oh, okay, today's done. Like, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to like drink wine and like scroll Instagram and I'll get up tomorrow and see if I can do something different, (laughs) which is, and that's also fine. Mm -hmm. You know, the next day does come, but even like in that moment, even if they're just like, no, I can just, I can put down the Instagram and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me turn off Instagram and just put on a uplifting podcast Mm -hmm. Or, or whatever, just those things from my point of view, like doing this with people for like years and years, it's like, yeah, definitely go do retreats. Definitely come to India with me, do all those things. They're great. But the revolution happens in those little bitty choices. Mm. Like, no, I'm super depressed right now. I was just about to, you know, whatever, start looking at the news or whatever. I'm going to put some essential oils in the tub and take a bath and take a nap, you know? Like those little things are like profound spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
And just knowing, giving yourself the grace and like permission to have that choice of, you know what, well, maybe I am going to drink a glass of wine right now. And that's okay too. Because then when we think we're on this path, this is like the, the trip, the trip up is like, now I can only ever do this. Yes. And that grace piece, gosh, the word grace has been coming up to me and like all of my friends. I'm like, what'd you get? What hit did you get today? Grace. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah. But that permission to be human and um, also feeling that array of emotions because we can sometimes think, well, I'm, I'm spiritual now. I must be happy at all times or I'm spiritual now. I must yeah. be, you know, completely peaceful um, and ignore anger or sadness or fear or doubt kind of the opposite yeah actually it is yeah like if you're on a real spiritual path then there's just much less escape mm -hmm. you know oh my god that is like right there <laughs> that is truth there is so much less escape you're so confronted at all times with the yeah. awareness of what yeah. your 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 human yeah. self wants to do yeah. And consciously choosing, well, is that what my soul totally wants? That other thing that you were describing before, like banging the drum, or I can't remember the other things that you said, but that's, that's some of those things can be good tools on the yeah, spiritual absolutely. path, but that's not the spiritual path. Yes. And for a lot of people nowadays, because those things are so available mm -hmm. in the marketplace, People can have all of those, and what it becomes is like the spiritual equivalent of going blah 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 blah. I'm not listening to you, pain. I'm not listening to you, blah, 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 trauma. No, 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 no. You know, it's like, you know, I, well, first I got to beat my drum, and then this weekend I'm doing ayahuasca, and then like after that, then I'm doing my vipassana <laughs> retreat, and then I have yeah. to like do. Well, let me just. Well, I have a spare moment. Let me look at an oracle card. Okay, bam. Next thing, next thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I read a book um, called Spiritual, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism. Yeah, that's the book, man. That is the, like, I make all of the people oh. who do training do yeah. that, you know, yes, yes. That yes. book is the, is, the, is the sharp sword. That will put you right in your place um, yeah. very quickly. But I, I read that book and I've continued to read it and reference it with so many notes many, many times. Because um, when you do choose to to live this way of of consciousness and 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 reflection back on yourself constantly, so that you're staying in alignment with your highest self, so that you can, you know, a lot of people who are listening are healers, work with other people, and you're like, I want to help people. Yeah. I just want to help people. Yeah. And so all this focus is going on the outside external world of I'm going to heal them and I'm going to help them. And I've read this book and I'm going to share that and I'm going to do all these things. And we forget that sometimes that, that, that obsession addiction with, with doing and healing yeah. and helping is, is not actually even scratching the surface as to what we could be doing if yeah. we just allowed that to happen naturally by, by showing instead of telling. Yeah. Definitely. You know, definitely. and that, I feel like that's what's cutting through spiritual materialism did for me because that's, that's kind of a, 
a spark or an ignition that happens when you discover, oh my gosh, like life is limitless. There is eternal divinity. Like you just kind of start to realize that you, you want to go scream it from the mountaintops and convert everyone and tell everyone, um, what to do. And then you forget that you're not even practicing anymore. Totally. Yeah. And then what happens nowadays is that it's so easy for people to kind of wrap that impulse up into a small business Yes. And then they're like a small business person. Mm-hmm. And then they're just, they're, they're fucked. Sorry. But like, yeah. that's such a tricky, that's mm-hmm. such a tricky multifaceted stuckness that a lot of young, young intense seekers mm-hmm. who then become the young teachers get into. I work with a lot of people like that, helping them to unravel some of that. Mm. That is, yeah, I've seen that come up a lot, especially because we're so exposed to everything and everyone through social media, you can kind of start to see how, and that was one of the things I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, so many people nowadays have access to all this information, right? Spiritual teachings and wisdom used to be, like I was exposed to it from my great aunt and uncle who had a guru from India, Satya Sai Baba in the 60s, and they were friends with Ram Das and Timothy Leary and all these people. And they passed down this, these teachings that they learned to me. And then I started reading books. And then I started on like, you know, finding my own little trinkets and tools. But that's kind of how it used to be was you met someone, an elder, or you were in a a group or a community, and you learned it. Now you read a book and you're an expert. Now you can listen to, go to a, a $5,000 training and you are a master teacher. And there's a little bit of, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing for those, um, but knowing and discerning as a, as a person who's seeking the information, what is, what is being materialized into a business and what is pure and how to know that. And it can be very difficult. So I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about that, like the embodiment of the experience and being able to discern, you know, when you're looking for someone to guide you, how to know and read like what's real, what's, (laughs) what's just been regurgitated. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Let me say this other thing that, that's like, I, I think it'll I don't even helpful. know if that was a real question, but it, it was, no, it is. I really wanted it's, to talk it, about it with you. It, but it's tricky because uh-huh. let me say this other thing. I think it'll, I think it'll help. So I always tell people that if they're going to practice yoga and by yoga, I mean everything from therapy to pole dancing, you know, like whatever that person needs to help them in their, in their, uh, reclaiming of their magnificence for before people practice yoga or when people practice yoga, they have to have these three things intact. One is that they have to have a clear intention mm-hmm. of what they're looking for. Like, and it doesn't have to be completely like mapped out because oftentimes they don't know, but at least a clear direction of where they're headed and what they're, what they're looking for. One, two, they have to have some degree of inner sensitivity so that they themselves know if that intention is getting fulfilled or not. So in other words, it's like if their intention is, well, 
I want to be more patient with my kids. Then they have to be sensitive enough to be able to tell if they are getting more patient or not. And it'll make sense when I get to the third step. Um, then the third step is, is they do the yoga, whatever it is. So they go to therapy or they go to a yoga class or they start a meditation practice or they, you know, microdose psilocybin or what, whatever it is that they're trying to do. But then they do it like a scientist with a, like a trial and error kind of, kind of mentality. So and, and if they have that sensitivity, then they can tell if it's helping them or not. Mm. Because otherwise, all the marketing is so slick now that they'll say, I know what your problem is. This is your problem. Mm -hmm. And I have this solution. This is the solution. And how do you know if you've progressed or not? Because you've done the thing. I'll tell you. But I don't know. I did the thing, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel any better. Well, no, that's, that's normal. <laughs> you know, or I did the thing, but I actually, I felt way worse. That's part of the healing process. <laughs> you know, there's like, there's so much bullshit. You sound like JP awaken with JP. Do you know? Who yeah. Yeah. There's you like, just sounded like him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many like shticks with that. Yeah. And, and if, but if you have that inner sensitivity and you know what the thing is, then, you know, all I need is, I just, I just need, I just need a hair trim. I don't need to go to like the greatest hairdresser ever. I just need like, I just need a hair trim. Okay. So then it doesn't matter. You know, but it's like, wow, I really want to like redo my whole look. Well, then I'm going to want to go to somebody like you or somebody who really like has like a deeper understanding and some more expertise. It's the same way with the spiritual stuff. Mm. You know, you can, maybe all you need is like a millennial life coach to just like help keep you on track with your goals or whatever, but don't go to the millennial life coach for like a soul excavation, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. Uh, yeah, totally. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. It, it really is um, such an interesting thing. And it's something that you don't even know that you don't know it, or you don't know that you know it until you start to yeah. really be like, wow, I just spent all this money or I just did all this stuff. Why am I still yeah. here? Wherever yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the probably the most important lesson teaching that I've learned is that intention is everything. Yeah. And we, we can get very hung up on like, we need to know that these Sanskrit depths of wisdom and like unpack all these nuggets. And my teacher says, intention is everything. Do totally. you know why you are doing what you're doing? Totally. Totally. And can you ask yourself, why am I doing this and answer it very clearly? Totally. And if not, then ask yourself that question. Yeah. And because, you know, sometimes on our journey, maybe it is the intention is to like, I've, I've hired many different people for different things. I'm in a creative writing intensive right now. Do I need to have that? No, but I want to learn how to express myself yeah. better. So my intention is I'm going to hire this and participate in this so that I can experience this thing. Yeah. And, um, someone else might be like, oh, that sounds good. I think I'm just going to sign up for it. Yeah. And they do it and they don't maybe get the richness out of it because yeah. there wasn't a deep enough intention attached totally. to it. So what I'm finding for myself like now, you know, because I've, I've been teaching for 25 years or more now, 
is, and that's really, that's really senior today within yeah. our world. I mean, within the world that I was trained in, I'm still a puppy, mm-hmm. but within this Instagram you know, world. I'm like a, one of those silverback gorillas, you know. Um, <laughs> but what's what's really interesting is that you know when I was in art school, my teacher, my mentor, he whenever he would look at my paintings for a critique, you know, I'd make some paintings and he'd come over and we'd like smoke cigarettes and like look at the paintings, you know, mm-hmm. and he would say whatever he'd say, well, this thing is working and this thing, I don't know. And, you know, you could look at this other artist, you know, for some inspiration, whatever. And he would always say the same thing. He'd say, and I just think you need to live some more life. Mm. He would always say that. And it would always be sort of like, you don't know how much life I've lived. You know, I was like, you don't know what I've been through. I was like 20 or whatever, but I also sort of like took it on what he said, whatever. And so now, like, I think I mentioned before, I I, I started making paintings again and I totally, I wrote him a letter and I was like, man, do I ever understand what you meant about the paintings? Mm -hmm. But as as a spiritual teacher, so I'm getting ready to, to do this course on the Bhagavad Gita this fall. Mm. And I first did this course, I first taught this course like 10 years ago. And man, what a different man I am now than I was the last time that I did that course. Not the last time, the first time. I've done it, you know, since then. But like looking at the material and just thinking about it and how and that's just in 10 years mm-hmm. but like what a di- what a difference mm-hmm. it's been and how much deeper those same teachings are mm-hmm. and and how much deeper the transmission is mm-hmm. um so i i've been reflecting on that teaching from my painting teacher a lot recently as as a, and hopefully i'm only like halfway through my teaching career hopefully I have many many more years of like serving people but like at this point you know I don't I only work with like five people at a time really closely like doing like serious coaching work whereas I used to like see 20 people a week or something Mm -hmm. and you know with those people I'm offering something that is is really deep Mm -hmm. and and part of it is also in the choosing you know, I don't just take anybody who wants to throw down the money, mm-hmm. you know, like I have to really like have this honest thing is like, yeah, what you're doing. I get it. I want to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't have done that when I was in my twenties or thirties. Mm-hmm. I could not. I had other things to offer really potent things, even maybe in some cases, but looking back, if I'm really honest, you know, I was still really wet behind the ears in terms of like taking these teachings and applying them to like a life disaster, mm-hmm. you know, or towards a grief that's not just like, oh, my boyfriend broke up with me, but like a grief that is like 30 years old mm-hmm. or something. And I just couldn't have done that until now. And hopefully I'll look back when I'm like a 90 year old teacher and be like, Oh God, you know, he, I didn't know shit when I was 50. You know, I really resonate with that because, um, 
as I've been creating Limitless Soul and what is this and what am I doing? And and for a while, a lot of people in the beauty industry say, you're ahead of your time. People aren't going to get this. It's too deep. It's too, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, this is everything. And I realized that, um, as you just said, that it really just was like, whoa, about can I hold that space for 30 year long grief? Can I hold that space for um, people who are going through these experiences that maybe I haven't lived enough life to fully um, be there to do what needs to be done in that kind of an experience, you know? And um, as I have been developing things, I really asked myself like, well, what can I do now? Where am I at now? What could I, how could I serve now? And it really started to narrow in so closely on um, what am I interested in and how can I apply these things to that? And right now I'm so interested in growing, in growing business using yeah. your gifts. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to focus on other people who were where I was wanting to express themselves through their business and I'm going to help them now. And yeah. I'm going to focus on that now. And it, my ego did not like that all she mm. was like but you could do more and you could you know more people and yeah. as i as i surrendered to that more deeply it was like well there's a lot of people who have a lot of things to offer right now that don't know how to get it out there or don't have the Definitely. spiritual tools to support themselves to confidently express themselves and i'm like i can do that Definitely. and so you know that that really resonates and if anyone's listening who is in that same situation like i have something to offer but is it enough enough yeah. like yeah. it's enough where you are with what you have and then that'll just keep growing you know Definitely. maybe when i'm 50 or 60 i'll be you know bedside with people who are passing who knows but yeah. right now like i just know that that's not where my soul is and and not what's being asked of me but the, the other thing the other thing that i think is like important to keep in mind too with that is that you know like in the instagram world we're all individuals, like in a, literally in a box. Yeah. But we're actually a collective. Mm -hmm. And, and we're, I like to think of us as a tribe and I call us the Evo tribe. You know, they're like people that are into evolution, yeah. whether it's political <laughs> evolution, environmental evolution, spiritual evolution, business evolution, all of it. And you know, within that, and this is why I always tell the, the teachers that I train, they can go out and confidently like lay down these like heavy duty teachings because the junior most teacher that I've trained will have some senior teacher that I've trained that they can refer to for help and support. Mm -hmm. And ultimately they can come to me for help and support. And I have a teacher that I can go to for help and support. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like if somebody works with me now, I like I'm hooking them up with all kinds of stuff. It's like, okay, you need a therapist also. I'm not going to be your therapist. Mm -hmm. Here's a therapist. Oh, you know, you need a physical therapist, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. That It's like, I'm really into that idea that like, it's the Instagram box is like such a burden and such like a, affliction mm -hmm. and otherwise when we recognize that we're in this village mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. where we have all these wonderful people that are like doing their thing and the cobblers making shoes and the basket ladies making yeah. baskets, whatever. And it, you know, it's kind of like that too. It's like, there's so many people that I don't, you know, somebody would be like, can you teach my kids some breathing exercises? No. I can't. I don't want to do that. No, but there's so many people that could. There's people who, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Will you come to my corporation and teach my my employees to meditate? Fuck no. (laughs) I'll teach your employees how to quit. You know, like I'm not. I'm definitely not that guy. I I got that guy for you. I know. I know that guy. That's not. I trained that guy. Yeah, he's not me. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, that's the beautiful thing about it is, is just discovering, well, what is it that, what is it that I could do? What am I interested right now? And, and I, I would encourage anyone who's listening, like, ask yourself that, like really mm. digging deep into what, what is it that I want to do? And it all comes back to intention, right? Totally. Totally. Cool. Well, this has been a phenomenal, like, this has been a very exciting conversation. I'm very into yeah. this. I'm like, woo, this yeah. is fun. Um, so for the very last part, we do this little game called boil it down. So I'll ask you a couple like rapid fire questions and then you give me a one word answer. Okay. I love it. And that's it. I'll do my best. All right. Um, favorite swear word. Fuck face. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite question. (laughs) Favorite sound. That was it. I guess that was it. (laughs) All right. Planet you would live on besides Earth, but not because it's like a developed planet like Earth, but the energy of the planet. Ooh. Uranus. That's a popular one, you know. Hmm. It rules Aquarius, so it's not a surprise. Futurist thinkers. Yeah. Um, most nostalgic fragrance. Ugh. Um, the one that comes to mind right now are like slightly rotting marigolds in an Indian temple. Ooh. Ooh. Feel that. Your alter ego name. <laughs> <laughs> Also, fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. You're stranded on an island and you can only have one thing. No, no, no. My alter ego name is Manuel. <laughs> Manuel. Okay. We already like, came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're stranded on an island. You can only have one thing. What is it? Oh. I mean, I have, I just. I'm I'm Capricorn rising. A really good knife. It's, I know, it's Feel like that. You know that, lame, that's good. A lame and like Capricorn answer. <laughs> no, I'm a Capricorn um, Sun and Mercury, so totally feel that. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you, David. This was a great. I should have said a helicopter. No, if we never thought about it again, a helicopter. <laughs> so you can leave the island. Hey, that's smart. That is the most creative idea I've thought of. That you've thought of. That we thought of. that yeah. happened. <sighs> All right. This is great, Kelly. And, yeah. you know, keep up the good work. It's so cool that you're doing this. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for being here and bringing your presence and 
in entertaining my my questions. Yeah, I, I get to asked to do these all the time, and a lot of times I just don't just for whatever reason I'm too unorganized or whatever and I just kind of pass on them but there was something about this that I really wanted to do it and now I understand why it's really was it, was it my podcast cover with the light coming out of my third eye did that catch you <laughs> was that it <laughs> no it was, just, it, was just, it was just your vibe you know it's like that oh. it's like that combination of that I, I guess that kind of Midwestern mm -hmm. and, and now I understand that Capricorn kind of thing but also the that that limitless vibe to it so keep up the good work yeah the midwest is the new west coast that's what i keep saying <laughs> i'm not leaving <laughs> awesome have a beautiful day and i will put all of the links of where everyone can find you and your offerings and your teachings and your humor Great. down below all right bye bye <laughs>